This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. So I'll smile. <laughs> so I'm here today with Tim Williams. Actually, we're doing some really cool stuff. We did a project together with Alan George. Nance was a part of it yesterday yeah. on leadership issues. And particularly, how do you learn to lead from Jesus, assuming that he is the greatest leader that ever lived and that um, we ought to make him our model and our instructor for leadership. Seems kind of obvious, but it was a fabulous time. So uh, that's a resource that's going to be available some way or another. We'll let you know about that. Yeah, that was really good. And then we created also a Bible study that will be in you version. Yeah. Yep. So we just shot that and... That's Actually, coming up. I'll tell you the truth. We shot it last night, but I didn't uh, do the didn't do all of my homework in some of the technical side of things. So John was a champ, and we reshot it this morning. Well, and <laughs> Tim was a genius at making technology work all through the day. So that was a really cool thing. We're going to take a couple of weeks off after the Habit series, which is ending today, and then I'm very excited going to the future. My plan, hope, please pray around this is. Um, to really take some time to seek to make the writings and thoughts of Dallas Willard as accessible and available and applicable as possible to ordinary people like you and me. Yeah. That's been a long time dream. So I will see what emerges over the next couple of weeks, but that's the plan. Yeah. I know I speak for a lot of folks when I say thank you for doing that yeah. because reading through Dallas is so good, but it can be really dense. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just need to sit on a sentence like, Yep. five or six times. Yep. So having you talk about it will be really great. I'm looking forward to that. And I also wanted to say thank you to all of you. We get so many emails and prayer requests. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you, it is sincerely one of the greatest joys of my day each day to pray for you and to just be connected with you. And John prays for you. Our prayer team prays for you. And we, we feel deeply connected with you. And so thank you. Thanks for being a part of this community. Thanks for being a part of this journey with us as we're trying to grow ourselves spiritually one day at a time with God, but then also to see who else wants to come along yeah. for the journey. And that's you. So I'm excited for that series. Like John said, that's going to begin after a couple of weeks. But today, John, we got some questions from people. That's pretty fun. So people sent in some, some questions. Um, and here's one that, that someone reached out, uh, Judith. It's about negative self-talk and mm -hmm. one of the main things stopping me develop good developing good habits especially uh is not not being so critical or cynical is that each time the wrong words come out of my mouth i just can't help but tell myself i'm never going to be able to stop this what would you say to judith you know how can we how can we address that just yeah. defeated mentality when we fail at habits yeah um that notion of thoughts and the fact that our thoughts are also habitual um, so that habits are not just physical, you know, tying my shoe or picking up my nails, but actually the deepest habits and the most troubling ones are hit us at the level of our thoughts. When we describe somebody, really, we're talking about the kind of thoughts they tend habitually to think. Mm -hmm. uh, an angry person tends to think anger-inducing thoughts. A frightened person just tends to think anxious thoughts. And the good news is, Judith, that actually can change I will mention here a book that was especially helpful to me in the most difficult time of life. And it's that book you might remember, you might have heard about it before, You Are Not Your Brain, mm -hmm. written by a neuro researcher who's also a Christian, Jeffrey Swartz. 
And he talks about how you have a wise advocate to help you. That's actually the Holy Spirit, although he doesn't use the phrase Holy Spirit. And he talks about a process. There's four steps in it. But where it starts is by learning to recognize what he calls deceptive brain messages. And Judith, that's precisely what you're talking about. Negative self-talk. You can't do this. You'll always be this way. You're not adequate. And what happens is those thoughts become so habitual. They're like wallpaper. They're just there. And I don't even notice them anymore. Mm -hmm. So the first step is to actually become aware of what makes it a deceptive brain message is not necessarily that it's factually false. It's that it will deceive me into thinking. If I just keep thinking this thought, it will lead to something productive and I will solve a problem. When in fact, all it will do is cause me to spiral down and ruminate. And over time, if I attend to it, I will learn to recognize, oh yeah, this is one of those spiraling, ruminating thoughts that is going to lead to unhealth. And then after I've learned to detect that kind of thought, I can learn how to label it and say, this is mind reading. This is fortune telling. This is taking something personal. Um, I, can, I can recognize what category it comes in. And then I can cultivate the practice of recognizing the thought and let it go. Mm -hmm. So I say, oh, yeah, that's one of those thoughts. But I don't have to think about it. This will sound really strange, but when you're in the grip of it, you feel like, I got to think that thought. And to be able to recognize, no, I can treat it like a cloud in the sky. We're like, yep, there it is. I'll just let it float on by, but it is not me. I don't have to resist it. I don't have to push it away. I don't have to beat myself up for it. And then I can allow other thoughts, God loves me, habitually to replace it. And over time, with practice, that can actually change. And um, I've had to deal with that a lot, especially over the last couple of years. So that book, um, You Are Not Your Brain, that practice of learning to recognize, relabel, let it go, replace it, um, really does work with God's help. Yeah, that's great. I think just growing in awareness yep. on our thoughts. Yep. What a worthy endeavor. Yeah. What a hard challenge. <laughs> so you're not alone in that. Uh, another question, this is from Kelly C and her lady small group watch these videos in Nebraska every day. One of the things that she's talking about, just referencing your example around your fingernails and the, your shirt habit. Yep. Yep. And she says, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe I'm overthinking. Um, but how do we basically invite God into these things that aren't really spiritual disciplines? So is, is, would you consider this like a spiritual discipline mm -hmm. or is this just kind of a habit and you're sort of asking God for help? Yeah. And how do you distinguish between those two things and the thought of spiritual practices as indirect methods of creating space for God? Um, I love that question. <laughs> um, spiritual is one of those very funky words that can get very easily distorted. So I'll sometimes put it like this. God is not interested in something called your spiritual life. He's just interested <laughs> in your life. He's just interested in you. All of it matters to him. I have a spirit. Spirit is disembodied personal power. Spiritual is not the same thing as devotional practices. Spiritual is not the same thing as this religious compartment. Every moment is spiritual because my spirit, my interior unseen life with its thoughts and desires, disembodied personal power is part of it. So there's nothing that's not spiritual. And my spirit um, is embodied. And so 
to have my mind and my body flourish is deeply connected to my spirit. Um, and so if I find that I have this habit with my fingers and part of what it does is reinforce anxiety in me, or it becomes a way that I deal with anxiety instead of bringing it directly to God and be able to deal with it. It's not like it's a big sinful things. I have many, many, many far worse habits and bigger problems than this. Partly I just talk about this because it's not very scandalous. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if you think that I'm that real, that good, that this is my biggest problem, uh, don't worry about it. But don't think I'm going to tell you about problems <laughs> that are that big. But um, yes, uh, an important dimension this is, to this is... Um, Spiritual disciplines are any practices that I engage in that help me to be present for God or live that kind of life. So there are actually an infinite number of potential spiritual disciplines. Mm -hmm. And I can invite God into it. And I don't have to worry exactly on how spiritual is this. It's just moving into the person God wants me to be in the, God, in the life God wants me to live. And it can be real small. Yeah, that's uh, well stated. Hopefully that's helpful for you and your group. Uh, here's another one just for fun. John, do you use a goofy word sometimes just to see if we are listening? <laughs> I just let it go until you said you did this on purpose and to see how many are listening. Today, the word I heard was haggers, So maybe it was just my hearing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, there was one time when I messed up and misspoke badly and several people pointed it out. So a few days later, I claimed that I only do that to see if you're listening. I meant that as a joke. I actually just messed up and lots of you saw it. Um, no, I don't think that I can't remember deliberately misspeaking. Those are genuine, authentic episodes of misspeaking. I think I have them a lot. And so I will appreciate your grace if they get really awful, we'll go yeah, back yeah. and clean them up. And we have to do that sometimes. But, you know, that's, that's part of what I love about doing this is letting there be mistakes and flaws and the dogs come at me and I get scared yeah. or planes come out. I, I kind of like just having to be real time. So I try to do that as much as I can. I love that too. Yep. Just to out you on a funny, funny thing. There were times at, at the church we both worked out in California where we would challenge you with a word to slip into your mm -hmm. messages. Yeah. That was kind of an odd duck word. So, yeah. so be on the lookout. We might do that again. No mm -hmm. promises. Okay, I have two more. Uh, one I'm going to answer because it's about the tree graphic for the series. Yeah. So uh, someone said, um, I'm wondering about the tree graphic for this series. And when I was sitting and thinking about habit, which you were excited to share about, and we thought it'd be a good series to talk about in the new year, the thing that I kept coming to mind was something that makes a visible, like marked difference in our life when we look back. And so tree rings just came to mind for me. It's like, man, that's kind of the, the physical evidence or history of life. And then the other thing that came to mind for me was black and white, uh, just kind of like distinct um, differences in, in life in general. And then the gradients, like the swirling gradients. Mm -hmm. So kind of out of the chaos of life, <clears throat> you've talked about that before from chaos uh, God brings order. Yeah. And so wanting to start with kind of this swirling, living by default, there's just color everywhere, which is beautiful. And there's some form to it, but then out of that emerging kind of like an intentional formation and evidence of life that we could look back over the years and see. So that's what came to my mind. And usually we've got, you know, a week or two to put something together before we jump in, which is what I love about what we do is it's just so fresh and 
and fun and, and just feels like creative. So that's behind the tree rings and who knows what we'll do next. Mm -hmm. uh, last Tim yeah. is remarkably creative at doing stuff like that. And that's big joy in this project to me. Yeah. Love that. Thank you. Thanks, John. Yeah. Uh, last question. I think you'll enjoy this one. Having been raised in a tradition that says the greatest thing we can give God is the soul salvation of another person. I'd really be interested in John speaking to apparently Dallas's uh, and his foundation of this podcast statement that the best gift we can give God uh, is the person we become. Perhaps we've covered that in an earlier episode, um, but would love to hear you uh, share about oh, it. Oh, man. So glad for that question. So when we think about the salvation of the soul, when I was younger, I would think about that in terms of did you get somebody into the heaven-bound category where they have now satisfied the minimal results so that when they die, nobody at the pearly gates will be able to keep them out of heaven? And what I've come to understand is the soul is really that which integrates and unites all the different functions of a person, your thoughts, your feelings, your desires, your intentions, your behavior, your body, into you, into your whole being. The soul is very, very deep. That's why uh, in ancient literature generally, and particularly in the Bible, people will often speak to their souls as if it was a separate person. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, the soul unites all of that. Going back to, I think it was Judith's question about self-talk. Mm -hmm. One helpful thing for me is I will try to think about not self-talk, but soul talk, to actually speak to my soul like the psalmist did, because that reminds me that I exist before God. And so really the salvation of the soul is not just making sure somebody has satisfied the minimal entrance requirements to get into heaven. It is to reclaim, to redeem, to save my mind and my thoughts and my desires and my perceptions and my decisions from the disintegration of sin, from ego, from self-aggrandizement, from deception, from lust, from resentment and anger and pettiness, so that I can become the person that God created me to be, so that I can be regenerated and become alive. Actually, the salvation of the soul is precisely becoming the person that God made me to be. So I think if I understand it, you had it exactly right the whole time. It's just understanding what a beautiful and comprehensive and here and now as well as there and then thing it is mm -hmm. to see the salvation of the soul. And that's what God does in us and to us and with us through our friend Jesus. Mm -hmm. So good. Yeah, love that. Um, these were great. This was a great series. And thank you so much for your questions. Thanks for being with us. Uh, we have been having some technical difficulties lately with our tech service. So if you've been affected by that, please don't hesitate to reach out and let us know. Um, and if you want to receive those texts, you can do that. They're just daily reminders in the morning of when a video, new video is aired. You can text BECOME to 855-888-0444. But uh, for now, I think that's it. And John, way to go. Remember, love is habit forming. Love is habit forming. Remember that, Nancy? Yeah, Nancy. Yeah. Habit forming. <laughs> Gosh. Love you.